0: There's, there's another senior right there. Borger bulldogs right there. Yeah I used, to, I used to be friends with Pastor Rick, and then then stuff happened. You can go ahead and move to the opening slide of my sermon if you want to. As quick as possible. Thank you. Yep. So um, burn any embarrassing pictures that you ever take. Because that literally, I've, I've already done some research on how this came to be. Uh, Christine is completely innocent. For those of you who are secretly judging Christine, she had nothing to do with it. Um, it literally was a former uh, intern of mine who was also from Borger. Uh, one of her friends was flipping through an old yearbook, and it was 2001, so I don't know where she found it. Saw a picture of me, took a picture, texted it to her. She texted it to Jason, who I'm also no longer friends with. And then he shared it with Rick, and Rick could have vetoed it. and He said, "Yes, let's put it on the Senior Sunday." So, so uh, if anybody needs a friend, I've got a few vacancies. So, but I did before I jumped into what I want to talk about today. Are there any uh, recent uh, WT graduates that we can recognize today? Yeah, Miles, stand up. Anybody else? Y'all stand up so we can recognize y'all. That's a big uh, thing to celebrate. So thank you guys very much. Go Buffs. That's awesome. Welcome to the real world. So, you're welcome. <laughs> okay, um, let me pray for us so I can get back on track after that disturbing image in my mind. Uh, Father in heaven, I uh, thank you so much for today. It's such a special day. Um, I-, I love Senior Recognition Sunday. It's just such a reminder that um, our lives should never stay in one place. That we should always be uh, moving closer. We should be. Uh, digging deeper. We should be pursuing you with more passion and more zeal that there's never going to be a place where we can stop and say, I've arrived and I can just kick back and just um, do nothing. You're always calling us deeper. There's always more of you to discover. There's always more of this life that we can enjoy. And so I just thank you, Father, for all the graduates who are with us and who we celebrated today for reminding us uh, that we should not stop, uh, that we should not... Uh, give up, but we should continue to strive and pursue uh, in your strength and with your grace. Let me pray all this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Okay, well, um, because it's Senior Sunday, uh, I thought it would be appropriate to start with a test. Now, graduates, you don't have to participate because you all have done enough, so don't panic. So we're going to start with a test today. Here in just a moment, I'm going to put a picture up of something that's in the process of being built. And when you think you know what it is that's being built, I want you to raise your hand, and I do have a prize for the first person to get it right. So if we could put that picture up on the screen, what, what is being built? Oh, I saw Josiah first off. Wait, you were in the first service. Oh, my gosh, no way. Did you have your hand? Go ahead. Statue of Liberty. That's right. Here you go. Yeah, right there. The Statue of Liberty, exactly right. So I recently found some some fascinating facts about the Statue of Liberty. Uh, You might have already known these, but I didn't. This kind of blew me away. Uh, First of all, if you don't know, uh, the Statue of Liberty was given to the United States by France uh, in celebration of the alliance that the two countries had during the Revolutionary War. Uh, That was a shocker to me. I never actually knew that. Don't tell my history teachers. Uh, But that that got missed somehow uh, in my training. But uh, also... The Statue of Liberty uh, construction began in France in 1875. And when construction began, the crews worked around the clock seven days a week for nine years to complete the Statue of Liberty. Uh, It was finally completed in 1884. The skeleton that makes up the Statue of Liberty is made up of 250,000 pounds of puddled iron. Uh, If you know the difference between puddled iron and regular iron, if you could tell me later, because I've already been asked, like, what's puddled iron? I said, I don't know. I just Googled this information. I don't know. Um, The outer shell, the skin of the statue, is made up of 80 tons of copper sheeting and roughly 300,000 copper rivets. Hold that copper skin onto the statue. Now, we all know that the Statue of Liberty didn't come into existence by accident. We know that. We naturally just know that that's that's not the case. But I think what we fail to think about, what we fail to kind of focus on is the actual process. And what kind of effort and endurance went into creating such a beautiful statue. See, the Statue of Liberty did not come into existence in these huge, big uh, leaps. It didn't come into existence in these just explosions of creativity. The Statue of Liberty came into existence inch by inch, minute by minute, day by day, rivet by rivet for nine years. Just think about that. The amount of effort and labor working around the clock seven days a week for nine years. But then now we have this this beautiful statue uh, that we get to enjoy. And see, that realization, that process is really what we're here to celebrate today. It's Senior senior Recognition Sunday. And uh, our seniors, our graduates, both uh, college and high school, uh, did not make it to today by accident. It took Effort and work and striving. And there was a moment and probably uh, several moments that each of those graduates had to decide that it was worth it. It was worth the effort. I shared with the first service that uh, in order for our our 15 graduates and our one graduate in this service, in order for them to get to the place to where they were going to receive their high school diploma, they had to endure roughly 2,340 school days. Right? Kindergarten to uh, their senior year, 2,340 school days. They did not get to the place that they were graduates by accident. There was a process, there was a commitment, and there was endurance. And I believe that our seniors, our graduates, offer us a great opportunity to consider our own lives. Consider where we are at. Consider the direction and the trajectory of where we're going. And so I want to read again our scripture for today. Luke 14, 28 says this, For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not first sit down and estimate the cost to see whether he has enough to complete it? See, whether you're about to graduate or you graduated 30 years ago, don't raise your hands, that wasn't a question. No matter where you're at in your stage of life, you should be taking time to consider where you are. Consider where you're going. We should be regularly asking ourselves these kinds of questions. Have I built what I intended to? Does my life look like I wanted it to five years ago? Have I developed the kind of character and convictions that that God wants for me? Is my life making the kind of impact that God believes it can? Am I going where I want to go? Am I achieving what I wanted to achieve? We need to be asking ourselves those questions because uh, what's important to know is that you're not going to arrive at a place where you can answer yes to those questions by accident. It's not just going to naturally occur any more than the Statue of Liberty naturally occurred or students naturally graduate. It just won't happen. And so if you're in a place... Where when I started asking those questions, you started thinking, no, or maybe, or uh, I'm just here because my grandson graduated. Like, whatever, whatever your answer is, if it's not yes, and yes with confidence, I want to offer four simple steps uh, that you might follow to begin to explore uh, how to move your life in the direction that, that I believe uh, it should be moving. And so, four steps. The first step is... Know what you want to build. Isn't that common sense? The first step in building something is knowing what you want to build. But so many of us are just like, I just want to survive this week. I just want to make it to graduation. Or I just just want to be able to pay my bills. And those are okay things. But if you don't sit down and say, what do I want my life to accomplish? What do I want to celebrate when my season on this earth is over, if we don't sit down and decide what we're going to build, we'll never build anything. So step number one is deciding what you want to build. And the great thing is that Scripture helps us out. There's so many Scriptures that help just inform us about what God hopes our lives accomplish and what He hopes that we're rebuilding. And I'm just going to share one with you today. This is First Peter chapter 1, verse 16. And it says, For the Scriptures say... You must be holy because I am holy. So God is looking at us, his, his disciples, and he's saying, You must be holy because I am holy. So as disciples of Jesus Christ, we should be actively and purposefully working to build God's characteristics into our lives so that when somebody looks at our lives and they look at how we make decisions, how we spend our money, how we talk about other people, how we go about our day, how we handle hardship, how we walk through disappointment, that more and more and more, it looks more and more and more like God. We should be actively and purposefully building God's characteristics into our lives so that we look more and more like the, the, that Christ the King who we're following. But that will not happen by accident. So let's look at step two. Step two is a a difficult one. Uh, Step two is you must uh, determine what it will cost. And that's what Luke 14, 28 is trying to reveal to us. Uh, But I do want to warn you uh, that this step is difficult because if you want to develop, build anything of value in your life, it will cost you something precious. Each of us, when we woke up this morning, were given by God 1,440 minutes. That's how many minutes you have available to you today, barring anything unexpected happening. It's just, you know, just careful crossing the street. <laughs> You've been given 1,440 minutes. And you have to decide, are you going to spend any of those minutes on building God's characteristics into your life? You have to decide that because it will cost you. If you want something that's going to last through eternity, you're going to have to invest some time in building it. So let's look at step three. Step three is you have to decide whether you will pay the price. I think, in my opinion, this is the most difficult step because most of us want to change. Most of us know we need to change. Most of us know what it's going to take in order to change. Really not sure if we're willing to pay the price. Really not sure if we're wanting to invest any of those 1,440 minutes uh, into developing God's characteristics. We, have, we are not really sure whether it's worth it or not. We, we, we well, you know, I got to work, God. I got to sleep. I got to eat. I got to spend time with my kids i got to do this, i got to do that. And so if I spend some time on you, I'm not going to have any minutes to spend on something else. But only you can decide if it's worth it. But I want to help you because that, that's a difficult decision to make. You only have 1,440 minutes to spare. So in, it's in this step that I think it's important for us to engage our imagination, to think about the end of the process. Because you got to know that if you're building a sculpture with 30 tons of copper sheeting in the 1800s, there's, there's probably going to be some hiccups, probably going to be some unexpected uh, hurdles and obstacles. But don't you know that the, the artist who was overseeing the creation of the Statue of Liberty had in his mind what that final day was going to look like? Don't you think he thought about what it was going to feel like when the last rivet was driven in and the and the crowd has kind of gathered and the sun began to rise and everybody saw the statue for the first time and the emotions and the cheering and the pats on the back and oh it's so beautiful. Oh they're going to, it's going to be just it's going to be seen for years and people are going to just celebrate it and they're going to, they're going to remember your name and they're going to be so appreciative. It's going to be such a glorious thing. Don't you think that those emotions stirred up in him and they pushed him and motivated him to go through the difficulties and the obstacles in order to see the final result. See, I think that's something that we hamstring ourselves when we refuse or we fail to use our imaginations, when we're striving to build God's characteristics into our lives. Take some moments, take some time, think about what would your life be like if you had more peace, if the peace of God guarded your heart like it talks about in the New Testament. What would your life be like if you had more faith? If, if unexpected circumstances and disappointments didn't shake you to the core. They just were things that you're like, Lord, the Lord will lead me through it. It's going to be hard, but he'll, he'll walk me through it. What kind of emotions would you experience if you led somebody to Christ for the first time? You were right there, front row seat, witnessing them have their sins forgiven for the very first time. What would that feel like? We have to engage those emotions. We have to think about what the end result will be so that, we can, that we'll be willing to pay the price and pay the cost to get to that end result. So I encourage you as you uh, walk through these steps not to shy away from using your imagination and thinking about what it will be like uh, when you actually see that characteristic or that quality of God built and established in your life. The fourth step is incredibly important, but it's often overlooked. The Step number four is take small steps daily to build it. Once you decide what you're going to build, once you know how much it's going to cost, once you decide to pay the price, take small steps daily to build it. Because what ends up happening, and I think this is very subtle and sly on the part of our enemy Satan, uh, we'll make those decisions. We'll say, okay, I want to build God's character in my life. I want to be more faithful. And I know it's going to cost me some time. I know it's going to cost me uh, some, some effort and prayer and, and just, just pursuing that. I'm willing to pay the price. I'm willing to, to, to pay the cost to build that characteristic. We make those decisions then we step into step four. And all of a sudden we hear Satan say, you can't eat an elephant. Right? Right? People who are asleep are like, whoa, 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 what just happened? What's he talking about? He probably doesn't use those words. But one of the, one of the dangerous things about Satan is he doesn't, he doesn't ever have to really scare us away from pr- pursuing God's characteristics. He just has to convince you it's just, it's just too big of a project. It's just too big. Whoa, 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 Charlie. You're, yeah, yeah, trying to build faithfulness in your life, that's kind of like trying to eat an elephant. You, that's just too much. You don't have time for that. You know, you're trying to raise your kids. You're trying to, you know, pay your bills, like, man, that's that's just going to take too much. Just wait. Wait till the kids graduate high school. Then really start working on building up that faithfulness, building that characteristic. See, he doesn't have to scare us. He just has has to convince us it's going to be too much. It's going to cost too much. It's like eating an elephant. But the reality is, most of you who know where I'm going know that uh, the famous quote is, uh, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So when we feel that fear welling up inside of us, when we feel that anxiety like, oh, this is too much, I can't handle it, it's going to require too much, I don't have enough time, uh, what about this, who's going to take care of that? We have to step back and we have to say, okay, what, what small step can I do today to get towards that goal? Because Again, the Statue of Liberty was not built in one day or one year. It took nine Nine years of taking an incremental step each day, every day, till they finally, nine years later, got to the point that the statue was ready to be uh, shipped to the United States. We have to be committed to doing the same thing. So, let me give you an example. Let's say it was faithfulness. You wanted to build up faithfulness in your life. That's a huge, that's a huge undertaking. You want to be as faithful as God. Now remember, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to build God's characteristics in our life. Think about how faithful he is. You know, He loves us. He's patient with us. He endures our, you know, our hiccups, and he, you know, he just puts up with the things that we, you know, we get distracted so easy. God is so faithful to us, and then we're going to turn around and try to build that characteristic in our own life. On the, on the front end, that's too much. Whoa, there's no way I could ever be as faithful as God. Well, not today, but what could you do today? Take one step closer in building that. Maybe it's, um, maybe it's every time you see an ambulance or a fire truck or a police, a police vehicle, you're going to commit to, I'm going to pray for either their safety or the safety of whoever they're going to go serve. I'm going to be faithful in that. I'm gonna just, every time I see a, a, one of the, the first responder vehicles, I'm just going to pray and just pray whatever God lays on my heart. That's not a big thing. But if you did that every day for a month or a year, think about the kind of confidence your faithfulness would be built into. And then maybe you move on to another bigger step. But right now, just worry about, hey, all I'm doing right now is working on faithfulness by every time I see a vehicle, uh, a first responder vehicle, I'm going to pray for them. Or if you want to take a a little bit more risky step, maybe each Sunday you come to church, you're going to commit to introduce yourself to somebody who you don't recognize. And just see what happens. Maybe it'll be, hey, I'm Charlie. Hey, I'm Stephen. Oh, nice to meet you. Okay, we're going to move on. Maybe it'll lead to an invitation to lunch. Maybe it'll lead into like a lifelong friendship. Who knows? But you're just going to commit to being faithful to every time you come to church on a Sunday and you see somebody's face you don't recognize, you're going to introduce yourself. Take five minutes. So you're not trying to accomplish this eternal thing. You're just trying to take one little step towards building God's character into your life, I think Francis of Assisi said it best. This is his quote. Start by doing what's necessary. Then do what's possible. And suddenly, you're doing the impossible. Don't start by trying to do the impossible. Just start by doing what's necessary. Then move to what's possible. And then suddenly, before you realize it, you'll be doing the impossible. And so, as we leave today, I want to hand you four questions as your next step. Maybe you need to answer all of these. Maybe you're on step three. Uh, I don't know. But I just want to give you four questions that I hope you walk away and spend some time this week asking yourself. Question number one Do you know what you want to build? Question two Do you know how much it will cost? Three Are you willing to pay the price? And question four, what small steps can you take daily to build it? Let's pray.